0: Am I staring? A little. Sorry. I just have such beautiful skin. I'm Ruby, by the way. Do you have a name or you want me to guess? Jesse. Can you just get to L.A., Jesse? How'd you know? You've got that look. Oh, don't worry, honey. That old deer in the headlights thing is exactly what they want. Here, let me help you with that. Are you a model? No. I do makeup. Welcome to The Night Before. This is a movie podcast where my husband and I discuss the movie that we watched the night before. We um, show up at a local place, like a brewery, coffee shop, restaurant. Um, actually, it could be anywhere we decided last at some point. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to serve food or drinks, um, but a local place that we enjoy and kind of want to share or that we're just kind of doing the next day. So today we are at one of my favorite, our favorite, I guess.
1: Yeah. My it is. favorite
0: first, and I I convinced him that it was our favorite, one of our favorites. Yeah, I it's, didn't
1: drink the Kool-Aid at first.
0: Yeah, you didn't drink the Kool-Aid first, but um, it's called Magnanimous, and it's a brewery in Tampa, and um, it's a newer brewery; it's only been around for about a year.
1: Yeah, maybe a year. Maybe
0: a year, and um. We really enjoy it because we enjoy drinking IPAs. For the have- most part, we drink other stuff. Yeah, but we
1: drink. Mm-hmm.
0: typically when we go to a brewery, we kind of check out mm-hmm. the IPAs. And this happens to be the IPA brewery of Tampa. That's true. It's true. Because they have a usually a pretty extensive list of IPAs. And I have not ordered ones that I've disliked. Never now, met I've one liked, you never liked. Yeah, I've liked some more than others, but I've really enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Especially gonna, the one I'm drinking now.
1: Yeah, right now you're drinking, I ordered you one called Master of Fists.
0: Master of Fists. It's
1: kind of like a Kung Fu movie. Double correct? IPA. Double IPA with hints of pineapple.
0: It's delicious.
1: I'm drinking, in, inspired by our movie today, the Neon Demon. Um... A drink, an IP, a double IPA, called um, "What Does Your Soul Look Like." Yes, I like
0: that name a lot. They have a lot of names like that. The one I usually drink is called "Most Deadly Things." Yeah. They didn't have it today, but um, they have a lot of fun names like that, as a lot of beers do. But yeah,
1: so we'll get into that movie in a minute. The Neon Demon. We saw a movie last night. We haven't talked about it much.
0: But it's been hard not to so talk about it. So we've been kind
1: of, it. it's a Friday night. It's also kind of rowdy here at Magnanimous. It is. This is sort of a popular place after work for people to pop into. It's near downtown Tampa. They it's in play. the Heights.
0: Well, it's like bordering the
1: Heights in downtown. Yeah, there's they call the Heights in some areas surrounding downtown, Tampa Heights. But, you know, it's a cool little small place downtown. It's not necessarily our thing, but they usually have wrestling on the TVs. Um, but right now, there's kind of a strange, looks like, Korean movie on the...
0: Like a kung fu movie or something.
1: Yeah. On and the TVs. wrestling so on that's the other cool. TV. So, cool spot, good drinks. Um, and they
0: have this awesome demon-like mural on the wall which
1: looks like Dr. Jacoby from Twin Peaks we if he decided was, like if he the first zombie. or second
0: time we came in here we were like watching Twin Peaks at the time or it just started watch, watching it and um it definitely looks like him for and sure and
1: there's a really great wood fire pizza truck that is camps outside that serves really the best good. pizza in Tampa it's
0: essential pizza it's and awesome so following well, it's really the best pizza in Tampa it is
1: following this recording we're gonna order some We are. Despite our dietary um, boundaries that we've set for ourselves, we're going to cross that. We're
0: breaking all boundaries. But
1: I'm also going to... I want to call this our homecoming episode because as we joked a a few episodes ago, that we're never really at breweries or coffee shops anymore lately because we've been in weirder spots. Our our front porch, Casadega, Florida... Um, but now we're back. We're back at a brewery.
0: Yes, we are. Yeah? So we are in back, we're back home. This is our hometown. And this is one of our favorite places. And I can't believe we actually haven't recorded here yet. So I'm really glad we're here. Well, we were
1: looking for the right movie. And after seeing a film like The Neon Demon, we were like, we need a drink. <laughs> coffee, we, we had talked about coffee talking about this over coffee on, on today, but we we're like you can't talk about this movie unless alcohol is involved.
0: That is true. Um, I have a lot of mixed feelings about this movie. I mean, my emotion leaving the movie versus my emotions while researching the movie are completely different, but wow. I kind of love that about it. Yeah. Um, I don't this, this this movie makes you uncomfortable. Makes you uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. So let's step back a little bit. Okay. This movie's directed by Nicholas Winding or Winding Nicholas Winding Refn. And the it wasn't on. We have kind of a list of movies we we like are working. Like, oh, that'll be a good night before movie. Um, yeah. This was not on that list.
0: No. This was random. Because I mean, something you found. I was scrolling random.
1: through Amazon. Prime video, which I rarely scroll through films looking for something. I I rarely do that. And so when it's... I saw it and I freaked out because I go, oh, this is by Nicholas Nicholas Ruffin. And you were like, I don't know who that is. (laughs) That's
0: your impression of me.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But more, more making fun of my geeking out over it. This thing—it's a movie I didn't know existed—but he previous—he's most famously known for directing a movie called *Drive*, starring um, Ryan Gosling, driving a car,
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of committing robberies to like a really awesome '80s soundtrack. And I
0: did like that movie yeah, a I, lot. Yeah, I think I think most I, people I who did. see it like it. Yeah.
1: And then um, Refn did another film following that, starring Ryan Gosling again, called *Only God, Only God Forgives*, which is.
0: I haven't seen it's that It's a
1: very... It's a tough watch. I really liked it, but it's a tough watch. So I'm a big fan of his, and when I saw that the Neon Demon, something I didn't even know existed, we watched the trailer, you said, let's watch it. So we did.
0: Yeah. I was intrigued as soon as he... it. I mean, just watching the trailer, I got... Um, Black Swan vibes.
1: Yeah, that's what you said during it.
0: And, and I, I still slightly did for various reasons that maybe we'll mention through our discussion. But, um, I mean, it it's does a have completely black... different, like, cinematography and all that. But oh, the
1: look and feel. It's, yeah. look
0: and feel is completely different. But there's something about it that does give you a little bit of Black Swan vibes. But Black vibes. Swan
1: also was a very artistic, stylistic film. Darren Arnoski, who did Room for a Dream. Did Swan, Black Swan. Um, and like Refn here, it's another like visionary director. So, yeah. and they both deal, they both share the theme of jealousy mm-hmm. and envy.
0: Women I and between, body, between women, body, and body and, image and yeah. all that.
1: Um, they go different paths for sure.
0: Wow, right, oh yeah, definitely.
1: Um, but yeah, the Neon Demon, so we just jumped in.
0: We just jumped in. Why not?
1: It stars... Because I think this is a film most people listening either are here listening because they like the film or they don't... Well, they know the film and they want to watch, hear people talk about it, or they have no idea about this film and they're like, is this a film for me?
0: Mm -hmm. So we'll probably ruin a lot. So if you think this is a film for you, watch it and then come back to the podcast. Don't you think we'll ruin a lot by talking about it? Yeah, spoilers? we can't
1: We can't avoid, can't spoilers, avoid spoilers to talk about this to make it make sense. But at the same time, I think even if we talk about it,
0: it's still and you haven't the seen it,
1: I think it might prepare you for it. I mean, no, I, we wait. don't know our feelings about it. I've been joking about my feelings about it a little bit.
0: Yeah, you
1: have. Prior to this. And
0: kind of been making me mad.
1: <laughs> and my feelings have changed and a I bit. And I said,
0: stop talking. I know. Wow, why are you doing this? So
1: I think even if you haven't seen it. it, I honestly think you could listen to it wherever. We don't even know where this discussion going. I think you could listen to the whole discussion, still watch the movie, and,
0: and be shocked.
1: Not only be shocked, but understand it, have your own opinion about it, process it. I don't think it ruins anything. Okay. Honestly, I don't.
0: I'll go with that.
1: But your own. So it's a you
0: know. horror film about beauty. I, w- I
1: wouldn't even basically. call it a horror film.
0: I think it is a horror film about beauty. It's really. a movie
1: about beauty, but I don't think it's a horror film.
0: Psychological? Horror? I don't know. What, what category would you put it in?
1: Yeah, I just think it's weird
0: it's a weird film that have elements of psychological
1: I think it's a David it has, Lynch film that makes sense.
0: <laughs> True. You can follow it.
1: It's totally followable. It's
0: totally followable. You don't get lost in the plot line at all, but it's non predictable. It's, it's artistic. Predictable.
1: For sure, and it's a little pretentious, for sure. But I I think yeah, I think it's just a weird psychological movie that kind of I mean we just don't get movies like this. We don't get movies that are that is truly without it, even me saying it being pretentious This is like an art house movie. Mm-hmm. It's a vision that's trying to communicate some thoughts about beauty and women. It
0: didn't come out that long ago. It came out in 2016. Yep. So,
1: so the basic idea, right? Ella Fanning. L. It, what?
0: L. What,
1: Ella. L. L. Sorry, L. Fanning. I put an A at the end of her name. L. Fanning is just a young, aspiring model in L. A. She's underage. She's 16 years old. Um, but she's trying to break into the fashion industry of, and it's a very hyper over-exaggerated presentation of like the fashion world. The most extreme idea of what you think a model and a photographer and those fashion shoots
0: So what part do you think is extreme? Because I didn't think any of it was extreme until the end. I think models actually do endure stuff
1: like that. I'm talking about early on when her first sample photo shoot and like they smear in gold paint and her face.
0: I don't think that's that's no. far fetched. I really
1: don't. I don't know if it's far fetched, but I'm saying it's not just oh let's let's just go do your headshots and your beauty shots. Let's do the the hyper artistic photo shoot, the um, the Italian runway fashion. You know what I'm saying?
0: Well, yeah, because she is has like instantaneously caught the eye of
1: of everyone
0: of everyone because she has something that the other girls don't have and what that is really is like an innocence a sense, uh, a, not, a, n- a natural beauty basically that a lot of the models don't aren't possess
1: Yeah, she has a unique natural beauty that none of the other models have right. And so she's instantly
0: She's young and kind of untouched, you know. Yeah,
1: and she's instantly like bypassing all these other established models that have worked their way hard into the industry or and have done whatever they have done, whether like in like have they had plastic surgery, have they slept their way up the you all know, these things the are thing?
0: kind of presented as things that they've done. None of it's ever shown,
1: but it's just sort of suggested.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suggestive.
1: And yeah, here I'm gonna. So that's the movie, and it just takes these weird turns, Mm -hmm. and this whole idea of like what is beauty. And so I'll just say this: my when it got near the end of the movie, since we're just kind of here, my thought was, this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen in my life.
0: I did not think that.
1: No, no, I had that thought during the movie. Oh. This is so dumb.
0: Well, the movie is about what you just said, but the movie is is essentially about female jealousy and narcissism. Yep. And where that takes you. Yeah. Right? Right? So, and if you're a female Mm -hmm. and you have been, I mean, in any kind of situation where women compare themselves or are in competition for body, looks, whatever... That narcissism and female jealousy exists. Now, the exaggeration of it is the movie, and, and it is part of the ending, but the the realism of it is quite on target, really. No. and
1: it's that's
0: quite on target. No,
1: I agree with you 100%, and that's why when I'm watching it, I'm thinking of particularly near the end. There's a photo shoot between two of the uh, um Models at a pool. That
0: was really good. That part was really good. I know, it's
1: really good, honestly. Uh, but two of the models played by Bella Heathcote Heathcote and Abby Lee. Um, and they're the ones who are really jealous of Elle Fanning, the natural beauty, um, who goes by the name Jesse in the movie. When I'm watching it, you know, they're dressed up in this sort of ridiculous, high fashion, high concept thing, and they're being the photo by the super pretentious photographer um, played by Desmond Harrington, but people might recognize from Dexter and um, the the Wrong Term movie, first one. But he's perfect for it. He's like this perfect, just wears all black, doesn't talk except like takes his photos. Like, and that's what I'm saying. It's, I was like, oh man, this is so dumb, but that's only because of how this movie especially the last 20 or so minutes how it just starts jerking you around Mm -hmm. with everything that, when everything flies off the rails, your only reaction is to be dismissive of this film in in the moment. And I think a lot of people might be dismissive of it because of the weird stuff that happens at the end and the constant barrage of women in their underwear being ignored dismissed well, I think critiqued it's by so men
0: uncomfortable yes. in so many parts of the movie it's just constantly purposely uncomfortable and I love that about it and I hate that about that's it that's what I'm saying that's you what
1: so I was like kind of joking when I'm like this is the dumbest movie I've ever seen that thoughts in your head yeah but the reality is, this is a movie, that, e- while you're watching it, even when you're done watching it, it constantly flip-flops on you and saying, this might be the dumbest thing I've ever seen, or this might be the greatest movie I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, I mean, from the get-go, you're uncomfortable for her. you are I mean, she's essentially alone. She's barely 16. Yeah, she
1: moved to L.A. on her own. Her parents she are... Has- are, dead or, are dead, or dead or gone, gone. or, or not she part says of the they're dead. Yeah.
0: She has a friend that she's met, Dean. Um, he was a pho- aspiring photographer. She met him
1: on Craigslist. Right. A, like the day she got to LA.
0: Yeah. But they become friends. Yeah. And I do. I really did appreciate his character, and he was the only thing that was not uncomfortable. Like. They could have made him prey on her in some way. I think
1: um, he, he, played, he played a good role of...
0: I liked his character. He
1: was like the audience. He was the voice of reason as the the, the person watching this at He's home.
0: He's probably slightly older than her, maybe 23, 25. Yeah, I because mean, that was the funny joke. Enough. We're
1: sitting early in the movie, right? There's that scene where they're sitting out on, like, lookout point overlooking L.A., She's talking about her aspirations. I think she's from Georgia, I think she might have Georgia. said. Her aspirations of living at home, looking at the stars and the moon at night, asking if the moon can see her, right? And, I mean, obviously this is leading towards a path of romantic
0: mm-hmm.
1: interlude, like make out.
0: Because he think, he obviously thinks she's beautiful.
1: Yeah, of course. He's enthralled with her beauty as well. And we're, as audience members, watching this, a little uncomfortable. Yeah. It's a little tedious because... But
0: she's 16.
1: Well, we don't know she's 16 yet. I we know, we oh. know she's young. And so she tells him. Yeah, but it's, like, tedious. You're watching it. You're a little uncomfortable. Um, the way Refn does his films, when I mentioned David Lynch, there are long pregnant pauses in between people speaking. There's a lot of just people looking at each other and not saying things, and that's what I think. That's what's great about this movie. I, I think it's better when people don't speak in this movie than when they do.
0: But well, the difference between David Lynch films and the long pauses of not speaking, yeah. and this film of the long pauses of not speaking, is that it's really centered. The long pauses are very much centered on their gaze, the gazes. So there's like. Different gazes, like the women gazing at each other in jealousy. Yeah. Yep, yep. There's the men gazing as, like, predators.
1: Oh, the, yeah, the predators, yeah.
0: And there's the gaze of Elle, or Jessie, when she is in a situation that's uncomfortable of her gazing and going into herself. yeah. You can see her eyes. She plays that part so well, of like she's being
1: no, she's really manhandled
0: good. by this. You know, like you said, the photographer, the photographer smearing p- paint all over her Desmond naked Harrington. body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she, you, they're just focusing on her eyes, her gaze, and she's kind of like going into her own well, self. first
1: embarrassment. And a, and you can shame. see all those
0: emotions without her saying anything. But then anything. it becomes like
1: empowerment. Yeah. No, but back to him, the boy, the pseudo-boyfriend, Dean.
0: Yeah. Well, he's not a boyfriend.
1: No, no, no. He wants to be her yeah. boyfriend. But that's what I'm saying. He's kind of like, the to get past him, because he's kind of, he's not, a, he just has a small little part in this movie. But once, but he does serve, I think, the good role of the voice of reason as the audience member because once he asked her at that lookout point, like, how old are you? And she said 16. And we joked on the at home when we saw this, and we said, okay, time to go, right? And he, that's even what he said. He goes, oh, I think I gotta go. Yeah. I left the stove on or something. He says a good little joke, and he gets up and so he has that moment of he realizes who she is. reasoning. Mm-hmm. That, that dilemma, his, this moral dilemma. But at the same time, he continues to pursue her in a relationship. Um, but also kind of serves as but her... But not,
0: not in a threatening physical No, way. no,
1: no. He's not the predatory type. He just wants... He wants to kind of care. He's just
0: enthralled with her. He wants to protect her. Yeah, and he and he's there to... for her a
1: couple times. Um, and he does sort of serve the role as like the... Her knight in Boy, shining armor. Man. and Well, like the voice of reason for the audience and the and her sort of knight to save her. But that is one of the great things about this movie. He wants to he be the he savior. wants to be her savior. And, but that's again a very male viewpoint of the male has to protect the female, especially this young vulnerable girl. She doesn't need it. She even, so she kind of pushes him aside. Yes, a lot of it's her own narcissism and her um, ego. But she even tells the other person who's infatuated with her, uh, the makeup artist. Woman. The woman who is enthralled with her as well, says, I can take care of myself. Yeah. Like, I only made four notes from this she movie. she wants to
0: take care of her, too, because she's worried about her. I mean, she's 16.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, she wants to take care of her, well, and she's in love with her. She
1: meets early on. She meets with the—well, the, she's in love with her.
0: At first, you really don't know if she's just, like, enthralled with her as a makeup artist, wants to protect her because she's so young and she knows the business. But then you quickly realize that, no, she's— In love with her. Yeah,
1: that's um, played by Jenna Malone. Her character's name's Ruby. She does
0: a great job in that film. And
1: early on, when the photographer takes all of Ella's... Elle's clothes off. Oh, Fanny's clothes off and and photographs her. Ruby tries to stay close, the makeup artist. And then afterwards sticks around so she can see how it went. And then says, hey, if you ever need me, call me. I'm here to protect you. And... That was like, it was great. It
0: was fine. Whatever.
1: Not only that, she then goes, I'm not as helpless as I look.
0: Yeah.
1: And kind of almost this look to the camera, too, saying to the audience, yeah, I'm this quote, beautiful 16-year-old girl in L.A. amongst all these predators. I'll take care of myself. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not this helpless damsel in distress and that's where the the boyfriend figure of Dean it's funny a lot more movies would have taken the route of him sort of the, the person okay. to help her yeah and yeah. she neglects pushes him to the side just like well, she ultimately and at does some with point Ruby
0: in the movie she does there's a transformation scene right she transforms kind of during the red show yeah. During that scene. One she, of the
1: more, again, more over the top artistic scenes in the movie.
0: She's picked, to, she's picked to be the closer of the show,
1: of a runway show.
0: Um, and she.
1: But instead During
0: of that scene where <laughs> she walks the runway and everything's kind of blurry and she's staring at this shape. It's triangular shape.
1: Instead of... So what I liked is instead of filming it as a normal runway of someone walking down the catwalk... Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: And everybody sitting on either side looking, Mm -hmm. it's just black. Yeah. The screen is just black. It's her, but not even her whole body. It's like shoulders up,
0: Mm -hmm. walking
1: walking towards... um, triangles, like these sort of triangles in shape of a mountain.
0: But after that scene, she kind of transforms. her The way she dresses Well, transforms. she changes, right?
1: But what happens, right?
0: The way she treats Dean transforms. Well, everything
1: changes. She even looks a little different. Yeah. They use the shading. Her
0: hair is different. Her,
1: her hair is sort of like that. you have seen it in movies. Um, Spider-Man. You probably haven't seen Spider-Man Part 2. But they do the same thing when Co- Tobey Maguire turns oh. like Bad Spider Man, his hair changes. But yeah, she parts her hair different. Yes. It changes to like a red glow on her.
0: So this is where her like narcissism has set it Yeah, like. It's like. Like the, the story, Greek story of
1: Echo, of and, Echo and Narcissus.
0: Narcissus. She's yeah. like staring into the water. Her own at reflection. Herself, falling in love with herself. Mm-hmm. Yes, and she has done that in that That's transformation. That's what this, this is the story.
1: Well, she's even kissing her own reflection. Because she walks down... Like
0: Narcissus in the pool of water. looking at the water saying, I love you, I love you, you're so I love beautiful. you. Mm-hmm. You're so beautiful.
1: No, and that's and one of the things... That's why I said after the movie, like, this is a Greek myth. Yeah. Um, a, a, a loose retelling of it.
0: But there's a couple Greek myths involved in it. Well, that.
1: and this is one thing that Refn, the director, does. Okay. Like...
0: I didn't know that. Because I did research, but I didn't find anything on that. Mm-hmm. But, um... There's a couple, I think, Greek myths intertwined. Yeah,
1: but so just to end on this. But that
0: section is definitely a narcissist. Well, even. Kissing ever all of that. That's
1: the thing. She walks down the runway. She gets to this triangle. And the triangle up by that, for anybody who hasn't seen it, it's it's just like almost like a neon. It's a series of triangles that make a mountain Mm -hmm. shape. And a reflections on each side of her. So there's three faces of her, and she turns each side and she kisses each side of herself. Right. Like she's in the pool with right.
0: um,
1: narcissist, which is also how she meets her demise, which is in a swimming pool,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. as well. It's very parallel. Um,
1: by a person Ruby, who's obsessed and in love with her, but
0: but she rejects. But she
1: rejects and pushes her away, just like narcissist did to Echo,
0: mm-hmm. as well. Because he, she he kind of threw herself on her.
1: Yeah, in the movie Ruby. And
0: in Echo and Narcissus Echo kind of throws herself on him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's rejected. And, uh, was...
1: and, that's, and that's to me where the movie gets really good at that um, runway scene. Where she does make her transformation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: She becomes full blown like ego full of herself. Narcissistic. Purely vain and beauty.
0: Which in, like, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, she's become this. But at the same time, I was thinking, but don't you have to become that if you're in that situation? Don't you have to believe that you are more beautiful than everyone else? Or you do not exude that quality? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that don't you have to obtain that kind of confidence in order to make it to the top. Like, we, you know, I think people, celebrities, models, and stuff that make it to the top, oh, they're so vain, they're so narcissistic, they're so whatever, but don't you have to, in some capacity, Yeah, you have that, to believe you're the best to be the best. You have to believe it, yeah. And I, I feel like that was part of it. Like, she had to own it Mm-hmm. an order because she was so kind of un- a little bit not confident but she you know the girls and that one line in it when the girls were like um, somebody asked her like if she thought she was beautiful mm-hmm. or no nobody thinks they're they, they said like nobody thinks they're beautiful everybody has things they want different and she was like
1: Oh, that was by Abby well, Lee. One of the other models. I think I'm
0: beautiful.
1: She said, "Yeah, I know I'm I'm beautiful." Yeah. yeah, I
0: know I'm beautiful. Yeah. And um. Yeah, in order to not meet your demise, you have to believe that you are ultimately ultimately the best. But then it's ultimately your. It is her demise. It's
1: also your demise at the same time.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like sure. your your strength and your weakness. No, it was that part that really clicked on me because even before that, yeah, it was a really it was a good movie, mm-hmm. and it was interesting. But I love how the movie played with your expectations. The first... and It's not even the first half. Maybe it is the first half. It's You're just feeling sorry for this young girl mm-hmm. in this predatory world. She's even staying at a very seedy motel outside of LA yeah. in Pasadena. Very seedy. Um, run by Keanu Reeves, which we'll talk... Maybe we'll talk about Keanu in a little bit. A little bit yeah. But even in there, there's this... At one point, she comes home after one night being out, and there is like a lion or a jaguar in her room, right? Just, I mean, a a slap in the face of this idea of the predators all around her, right? She's in a city of predators. And you're thinking, oh, this is a movie about a city and an industry that's gonna
0: Eat eat
1: her alive, which we'll get to a little bit as well. And the movie shifts your expectation in the fact of though it might eat her alive, it's not in the way you think.
0: Right.
1: It's not the city and the predators that she It's all, not the
0: normal. She's
1: preying on the predators.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: She's, and that's that's when that runway scene flips it, and that's when you're like, oh wow, this is Different. This is something else.
0: Yeah. Different. Very different.
1: But to get there, they presented all of the, quote, like the stuff that would make you uncomfortable. The stuff that somebody who wouldn't give themselves a minute to think about it would say, oh, this is just a misogynistic, exploitative movie
0: and towards I, women. I thought about that. At well, first the first half, you have to I be thinking about it. i sensitive to that. that. But yeah. I have to say, even through the first half, And especially at the end, even though at the end I was like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Like this, there were so many parts that I was like, Oh, I have to close. I I can't even watch this. Oh, it's
1: a queasy movie. But we haven't even got to the queasy stuff.
0: Think it was misogynistic.
1: No. At all. Well, I think if you look at the the style and the substance and and the way it's presented, even in the first half. Yeah, I I don't. I think a person looking at that stuff would not categorizes that, but I think if somebody's not paying attention to that, like would. I, yeah.
0: like you know I, what I mean?
1: Like, you're like, somebody with this much artistic intent, this movie, which we haven't talked about, looks beautiful. It's mm-hmm. striking. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not just neon, which so many movies are neon now, and Drive was neon, his other movie, Only God Forgives was neon, but this looks even better in just... I said it when it was just the title screen, and the people's names. Yeah. I said this movie is amazing.
0: Yes, I liked. So if how you see it was that filmed. you're
1: like, there's no way somebody's making this sexist, minogyni- uh, misogynistic no, 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 no. film. It's
0: definitely not misogynistic. Ex-
1: exploitive.
0: And even through, I am like very. As you've heard it, if you listened to the other podcast. Yeah.
1: You hated me. I man. was
0: not a. F- <laughs> I was gonna just bring up Mank. How did you know? I was not offended by this movie at all. However, just that woman sitting in the office in Mank, I was offended by. That bothered me. This movie, a whole room of women in their brawn underwear sitting waiting to be judged, did not bother me. Was it uncomfortable? Dismissed by
1: men, yeah. And being
0: dismissed by men, but because you could there was something about the way it was filmed and the storyline that did not make it offensive, or it was real. Like, this is what happens to women. Like, feel it. Like, watch this movie and feel it. This is what happens to women if they're ballerinas, if they're gymnasts, if they're models, if they're in fashion, if they're... This happens to women constantly. Yeah.
1: Well, every other woman in this movie, it seemed, were victims of some sort.
0: Yes. Artists.
1: Except Elle. Um, she was a virgin.
0: Mm-hmm. She
1: remained a virgin mm-hmm. throughout this movie. Um, and, and she
0: was sexualized for sure for being I, the age of 16. But she didn't she didn't give in to the sexualization. That's
1: what I mean. Well, she also knew her...
0: She knew she was being sexualized.
1: But what made her... But her, she knew
0: she could make money from it. But also
1: it. what made her special was her innocence and her virginity and the fact that she hadn't been with anybody and intimate. She hadn't had any plastic surgery or work. She wasn't artificial and fake. She was and she hadn't been um, yeah she hadn't been tainted by all of it. She took it all herself. You know, she took it and turned it and turned it into power for herself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is actually the opposite of misogynistic. No,
1: I know that's what I'm saying. You know, this is a very and so strong when
0: I go back and I read film. some reviews that say like, oh, it's misogynistic. It's it's sexualizing girls. I'm like, no, it's really not. Like I really don't feel like it is. Some people have no, said that it this. was very controversial when it came out. Yes. Also because there was nothing sexy L, about this When Elle filmed this film, she was 16.
1: Well, that's the thing. You're watching When this? it
0: came out, she was 18. You're
1: watching this and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> you're wa- we just we saw a buddy we haven't seen for a long time here at um, Magnanimous so we were waving and he was like... He pointed, to our, he pointed to our microphones. Um. So no, but that's the thing. You're watching she this? Was here's the thing. Here's she the
0: was 16 when she was filming this. Think about this. Oh, when I know. We have a child that is 17 Like, and I could not imagine this happening. Like. And so I was really curious, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, I don't want to transition to it now, of her thoughts now about filming that film at 16. So I did research that because I, I felt that was an interesting take. Like, well, that's my what po- that's my thought about, about, about this movie. Like Anybody
1: like, who claims this movie is sexist or misogynistic or exploitive, I'm like, the fact, I mean... I think it's strategic. I don't think you need to have the fact that she's a 16-year-old girl. I don't think for plot, it's a, it's relevant. But I think, you know, the story. I think it could be a 16-year-old. I think it could be a 26-year-old.
0: Yeah, but it, le- it, it but feeds into the uncomfortable. Yes, I think
1: mix. as an audience member, we yeah. need it. I yeah, think yeah, you yeah. need the fact to be like, wait a minute, you're looking at a 16-year-old girl. Yes. All these people are looking at a 16-year-old girl. You should be uncomfortable.
0: Oh, and when that... You know, person, when they were walking in their underwear and they were deciding and he was just like taken by her, it was very uncomfortable. His jaw dropped. His jaw dropped. He was taken because he's looking at a child's body. And she is that thin and that non-sexual, really, her body because she is a child. So this movie,
1: that's... And then I think the other pieces, and then you have which also I think I think there's two levels. We didn't. We'll talk about this now because then I, I think we should talk about the whole other turn the movie takes for the viewers. Um, Keanu Reeves is the last little predator. Me too. The predator piece, right? Yes. So Keanu runs the motel she's in, and Dean. I just want to call Dean the boyfriend. We know he's not the boyfriend, but Dean. But
0: he's not the boyfriend. But Dean comes a, there to
1: take care of some business. He's a prince what, the yeah.
0: prince in shining armor.
1: The uh, wannabe prince in shining armor. Dean goes to take care of some, some stuff with Keanu, the owner of the motel. Because of the Jaguar destroyed the room and Keanu's making...
0: Yeah like how you call
1: it, the jaguar. It is a jaguar. Is I don't. It? I don't think it, it's like a mountain lion. It's
0: a lion of some sort. Yeah,
1: it me. looks like a jaguar to me.
0: Whatever. Regardless. It's a large cat, a this wild cat. This large
1: wild cat <laughs> destroys the room, and Keanu is making Elle, Jesse, pay for the room, pay for the damages. So Dean comes down to take care of it. After Dean takes care of it and just agrees to pay for the money, to, for the damages... Regardless of the fact that that's a bigger issue about why there's this wild cat in your room and you shouldn't have to pay for that. But anyway. Keanu then says, if she's not putting out, I'm paraphrasing, if she's not putting out for you. Yeah,
0: because you would never say
1: those words. There is a a 13-year-old staying in room 214. Like
0: a prostitute or a runaway. She's
1: a runaway. And he says something like, this is real Lolita shit. Which Lolita is a movie about sleeping with an underage girl. And it's like the vilest, grossest thought you have in the movie. But I think it's in there to even remind you that, like... Just all the sexualization that's going, even with Elle and this young sixteen-year-old girl. But then Keanu keeps saying it, right? He's like, "I can't remember what he says. Like, you got to try it, or you got to go after it, or something." Remember, he's yelling something as, as, and then later we learn
0: he goes in and
1: he either well,
0: he tries to get into Elle's room, Jesse's room, Keanu, and hit, the purpose being... he's just bored and wants to.
1: And he either rapes, um, either rapes or attacks or, or both her, or the 13 year old girl next yeah. door. And that's, but that's the whole like first half, 70% and, and of the movie. Jesse she
0: listens, listens to it. She listens to it through, yeah. the,
1: through the wall. Yeah. Um, but that is, it's almost like, to use a phrase my 14 year old son told me the other day. That's almost like a red herring of what this movie's really about, right? The pre- Like, we think as viewers, it's all about the predatory nature of all of this, right?
0: Right.
1: And I only say what well, my fortune old, I was shocked when he told me, when he used the, re- the phrase red herring in a sentence. Yeah. And I said, you're actually learning something in school.
0: Symbolic, yeah. And
1: he goes, I know what red herrings wow. are. I know.
0: Impressive.
1: Jaw on the floor. <laughs>
0: Um, so they do learn something during the day at school. So <laughs> yes,
1: the, so all of that long explanation is about the predatory nature of things in mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. But that's not what this movie is really about. And it flips your expectation as a viewer.
0: Yes.
1: Because following that rape that she hears through the thing, that's when... She
0: calls Jen Malone. That's when Jesse goes to Jen Malone, photographer Ruby, woman who's photographer, in the, love with her.
1: The makeup artist.
0: Oh, makeup artist. Sorry.
1: But it's recording now. Okay.
0: Ugh. I have a couple more things I want to say I know. about well, this Well,
1: let's... So what else? So that's the first... We haven't gotten to the biggest spoiler stuff.
0: We haven't.
1: But is there other... You said there were other things.
0: Well know where this goes, if it's, like, at the end or at the beginning. It's not about the ending, but it's just about the movie concept in general. Yeah. And about the actress, Elle, about Elle. So, we can... I could talk about it now before we talk about the ending. So, Elle, researching her, I thought it was really interesting that she was only 16 when she filmed this, because you know, that's... that's a big role for her. So... She did a couple interviews recently after the Me Too movement Yeah. about how she felt about Reffin. is that his name? Reffin. yeah. As a director. Nicholas
1: Ruffin. Mm-hmm.
0: And that a lot of people at the time, he was an easy director to um, root for him to fail because he was a bit of a bro. Is he a bro? Apparently, because all of his movies before this were very, like, male. No,
1: he's very masculine, and that's what I thought was interesting about this movie. He's European, he's Danish, I think.
0: So this was his first movie into woman kind of
1: But that's the thing, it's like, if you think about it, right? And that's what I thought was interesting about this. Yes, he makes very masculine movies. But I think it's almost like a critique on masculinity is his films. Because think about Drive, if you remember it, right? Mm-hmm. Drive is all about Ryan Gosling. He is Ryan Gosling's the Dean character mm-hmm. from this movie yeah, yeah. in Drive. But the difference in Drive, right, is this that male fantasy of I'm going to win over this woman and protect her, right? Because it's a, it's about a woman with an abusive husband mm-hmm. um, and yeah. the child, and he's gonna do. He's gonna be the savior. Right. And he is the savior in Drive, right? Right. The quiet savior who looks like a badass and is awesome. Again, I love Drive, but I think Drive appeals to that male fantasy of being the knight in shining armor for women. Mm, yeah. Right? So I get that. And I know you haven't seen Only God Forgives, but I, we watched a little bit of the trailers and stuff prior to this when I was like, oh, man, Only God Forgives. That's a heavy movie. That's a movie, right, about as a male, as a son, Ryan Goslin, trying to appease and please his mother. And as a male, it's a it's about mother-daughter, mother-son huh. relationships. Mm-hmm. And in this case, the mother completely screws up him. Right. And he's out trying to avenge his dead brother just to appease his mother. That's
0: another great movie.
1: Yeah, right, right? now that's yeah. what I'm, when I remember yeah. when I was saying it. I was like, "This is that's another Greek myth. Yeah. Um, the only God forgives." And so, up to this point, Nicholas Reffin has focused on very male-centric themes and stories. I don't think they're these like bro movies, but I think they're exploring the masculine side of things. Like I said, the idea of it being in the Night and Shining Offer. And then the other side of as a son, those unique relationships sons have with mothers as they get older. And like I said, Only God Forgives is all about appeasing your mother.
0: Right.
1: And his mother's expectations are unattainable. And that's why, right? And we even watched the ending scene of Only God Forgives Mm -hmm. where his mother's dead and he's sticking his hands inside of her womb.
0: Her yeah, her stomach. Her
1: stomach, right? He's but it's the, to represent the womb and yeah, the return there, right? Trying to get reconnected with mom. He's, he
0: seems to do that a lot with bodies and blood yes. and.
1: And now you know. this was interesting in the fact sitting and watching the neon demon. This is the com- This is the complete opposite. This is all about.
0: Yeah. So the she female. Yeah. So she said, she um. Elle's take on work, Elle Fanning's take on working with him was that, that he gave her freedom and influence that she had a lot of even at 16 she had a lot of influence over the process of in which she filmed and, yeah. and how she did things and Jenna Malone
1: said the, the same thing that ruby, she let
0: her he let her pretty much direct her own Necrophilia scene.
1: Oh, so you're going there?
0: So he kind of let her do that, in which, in whatever way, made her comfortable. Yeah. And it was so not comfortable, but it was, um, you know, comfortable for her. But his take on it is, at the time that he filmed this, or he's wondering. He has a wife and a this thir- film. he had a wife and a thirteen-year-old daughter. He, he
1: dedicated this film to his wife.
0: He's just wondering. He said, "My wife was born beautiful." Yeah. And what his wondering? What is it like to be born beautiful, <laughs> where everybody looks at you and thinks you're beautiful? And then then he saw his thirteen-year-old daughter. Yeah. All of a sudden, going through puberty. And being in this world of predators. Yeah. Basically.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things where we talk about often. Right. So thankful we don't have daughters.
0: Right. Of these predators that now he has this blooming thirteen year old daughter yeah. and he's looking around and he's like How what is this world that these women that live with me exist in that is completely yeah. different from the world hmm. I exist in? So, of course, this movie is the extreme of that. Of course, well, that's what I meant earlier when I yeah. said like
1: hyper-realized version of it. So,
0: so my last thing I'll save till the ending because I think it's more part of the ending. Well,
1: I do want to, yeah. What I'm gonna say, I wanna I have one more question for you, and then what I'll say is for anybody who's gotten this far but still hasn't seen the movie, if you don't want to see how it ends, we'll give you like a little heads up. But I do want to take like five minutes at the end to talk about the end. Um, but it seems like you liked this movie quite a bit.
0: I did. I, You know, when it ended, I can't say I walked away going like, oh, man, I love That's this what I mean. movie. It ends
1: and you're like, I don't know if I'm, this is really was really good or really dumb. I was extremely
0: uncomfortable. There yeah. were scenes that I could hardly look at.
1: Same, same.
0: Um, multiple scenes, the dance club, the artistic in the beginning oh that strobe effect, the strobe, the strobe effect yeah that the painting scene where he was rubbing paint all over her body just being a woman it was hard for me to like watch him prey on her like that um and the uh, the necrophilia scene was very difficult to watch i mean there were so many scenes that were difficult or and keanu even,
1: the knife in her her mouth
0: Keanu and the knife in her mouth. I mean, so many scenes that I looked away from and I was like, why? I was like, and even when it ended and we went to bed, I was kind of like, but then I thought, this is a movie that made you feel something and made you think about it and made you not want to look, I mean, you had to look away, but you didn't want to look away Mm -hmm. And that's not what you get from a lot of movies these days. No,
1: movies like this are rare, and that's and I said I joke at the beginning. This movie, yeah,
0: I did like it. I really like it it too. um, This
1: is one of my favorite movies I've seen in recent mm -hmm. memory. But it's funny. It was
0: a difficult movie to like for for the reasons of the, the uncomfortability. It was hard to like. Walk away and say, "Oh man, I love that movie." <laughs> no, you,
1: ha- you know it doesn't end. It doesn't end with, "Oh, that was great," or yeah, it doesn't even end. You walk away
0: feeling uncomfortable.
1: You walk away feeling uncomfortable. You walk away feeling like, "What did I just watch? Was this?" You walk away with the thought of, "Was this even any good?"
0: Right. Like,
1: was this even a good movie? Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, uh, that's why I opened up with the line, "Like, you this do is,
0: have to digest it." A this bit was the dumbest you... movie
1: I've ever seen. Because I think that would be the opening statement from a lot of people after sitting through it. Mm-hmm. Because that's just, just your natural, your your knee-jerk reaction. Well, is this I, movie it is was ridiculous? Not, that
0: was not my knee-jerk reaction. Yeah. My knee-jerk reaction was, this may, this movie made me so uncomfortable. Well,
1: I thought I'm thinking 80, 85 percent of it makes you uncomfortable. The last 15 percent, you're like, what? Yeah. Do we just like jump the shark here? Like, what is? Mm. But I think it needed that for its point. And I think that's where we get to the last little part. Um, again, I don't feel it spoils it for anybody. Because I think if you if you are taking notes as you go in your mind and trying to figure out what's happening, even though the movie jerks you around at the end, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, L, the character of Jesse, if you get so self-consumed in your own beauty and narcissism, your only end is death.
0: Of course.
1: Right? And I mean
0: they're gonna eat her alive. They're and they going did. to.
1: And the movie tells you this.
0: In the very beginning. In the very
1: beginning. What line do the other girls ask her who end up killing her and eating her? Are you
0: food or sex?
1: Are you food or sex? Yeah. Is what they ask her. hmm And she clearly isn't sex. No. She's food. And she is, and it's another one of those, I don't know if it's a Greek myth or whatever it is, but it's that idea of consuming and eating the beauty to get it yourself.
0: I don't know right? that. I mean, I know a lot of Greek myth. I don't know that as being but a Greek it, it, myth. But it's it
1: could a, be. But it's a, it's a, it's a folktale or, or thing about yeah. to gain yeah. the beauty of another, you, you have to. You bathe cons- in the blood. You bathe in blood. their blood and you consume them. Yeah. And this is ultimately what.
0: It's cannibalism.
1: Ruby. Yeah, this movie deals not only in necrophilia,
0: cannibalism, but in
1: cannibalism. They basically eat her. Well, they say they eat her. They even say like, "We ate her."
0: Yeah.
1: And that, and that's so that's how it in the three girls, the pyramid, if you will, the triangle, right? The um, two models, the two and models, the
0: makeup artists. and the
1: makeup artists. Killer. Killer. And then not only do they kill her, and you're like, oh, are they just killing her out of jealousy. No, they're not only killing her... They uh,
0: bathe in her blood. They bathe
1: in her blood. They eat her.
0: Eat her. Parts of her.
1: Just to gain her essence. Just
0: to gain her essence, her beauty, have her inside of them.
1: Yep. And Ruby, the makeup artist who was in love with her, um, like Echo, she doesn't die necessarily, but the last we see of Echo or Ruby, the makeup artist... Is she lies down in a, in a shallow grave she dug. Mm-hmm. And she just lies there, right? Yeah. Which we know Echo dies in the woods
0: yeah, by she herself. Wastes away.
1: Yeah. And not to say that's what happened to Ruby, but it's very symbolic in the fact that that's where she just disappears. The other two models um, go on to another job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one of them,
0: Ooh, yeah. it works.
1: She catches the eye of the photographer, um, and she gets put. She's a
0: model in real life, actually. That one, I researched her. That's
1: probably um, that's what uh, Abby, Abby Abby Lee Abby Lee, Abby Lee yeah. and um Heathcote I don't know if the is the one other one. Is,
0: yeah, but the other one gets sick.
1: The one who gets sick, right? Who's the one that gets sick? That's what I was thinking about. The one who had all the plastic, all surgery, the plastic surgery and all the artificialness. Yeah. She couldn't contain the essence of L in her body. The
0: natural beauty.
1: And she throws it up. She ends up stabbing and killing herself. And then
0: she feels like she has to get her out of her, so she stabs and kills herself. And, yeah. and that was dramatic. Like, I was not expecting no, that no, that's ending. What, You're like, that... You don't expect any of that No,
1: that's what I'm saying. Some people I mean, might I be... thought
0: maybe they might kill her. That wasn't that unexpected. But at the same time, I thought... I didn't expect that to happen. I definitely not That's didn't what I mean. That's that. why I
1: think some people might say that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, right? I don't right?
0: think that's dumb. No, I don't think it's dumb either. I'm saying I think it's very symbolic.
1: That's what I'm saying. Unless you sit and think of the symbolism and the metaphor of it all. Yeah, yeah. She throws her up. And what does she throw up?
0: She her throws eyeball.
1: up a complete... Eyeball. Eyeball, right? And then the other model, who is fine, eats it. Eats it.
0: Because she's so desperate yeah. to be... Young and and um, young and beautiful and she, there's just like this desperateness out of all these women in this industry well, to well, be like, thin and beautiful and perfect and everything yeah. and it's so depicted so well in this movie I feel like well, that's what I
1: mean it's like it's and it's not some, like
0: it's not true it's in some true cases, it's
1: almost hilarious this movie it's funny I also I made the joke to you saying this is a very funny movie. And I think it is a funny movie in a very dark sense of humor type of way.
0: Yeah, I mean, all of this, yeah, well, it's funny, yeah, especially like the, you know, it's funny in that way, but this is like a true world that these women live in. I mean, when women are, models are body shamed for being a size four. Yes. Or size six, four or six, because they're not a size zero. Mm hmm. That's, Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy, 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 like crazy that those are the standards.
1: No, it it was a movie that surprised me that there were so many jokes in it, like even at the end.
0: Well, very dark jokes.
1: Yes, at the very end, right after they've eaten L, they're at that photo shoot, and another model is saying, "Have you ever asking the women who just?" 8L saying have you ever had another model um,
0: take a job take from a you. job
1: from you steal a job from you and she's like yeah I have what did you do she goes I ate her I ate her is what she says
0: face like and, really yeah and
1: as an audience
0: and member, the girl laughs like huh as
1: an audience member, you're like wow that's dark yeah
0: um,
1: and throughout the movie there's all these little one liners
0: Are perfectly placed. They're
1: perfectly placed. They're not cheesy. Even the line at the... uh, They're talking about lipstick at the beginning of the movie. But even that line of are you food or or are you sex or are you food. And again, it just shows you that, yeah, the director, Refn, is doing a very serious film and a very thoughtful, artistic thing. But at the same time, I'm also doing this sort of semi-sleazy, trashy...
0: Dark comedy.
1: Dark comedy about fashion and beauty and feminism and narcissism. And I'm doing this satire at the same time. Like, I'm having fun with a super serious topic and a movie that is going to end with necrophilia and cannibalism.
0: Yeah, I agree with all of that.
1: And that's what I find so enjoyable about this movie is for something that is so pretentious at times does not take itself seriously at all either. Yeah,
0: I agree. I That's why I meant earlier when I'm like, man, I this reviewers is so dumb. That called it misogynistic or this or that, they're taking it too seriously. They're not getting the dark humor part of it.
1: Well, not even the dark humor, just the overall. Yeah, the.
0: Although I did like the... I think
1: it's a movie that's keenly aware of what it's doing yeah, and what yeah. it's trying to say. I,
0: did. I think the only thing
1: that some people might have issue with, yeah, there's the the two women in the shower. It's a, it's a little long.
0: It's too much.
1: Of them naked. Their and naked, and all that. Yeah. Um, it's
0: a little much. Getting
1: the blood off themselves. I thought that was a little much. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that was their moment of glory. That was their moment where those women felt beautiful again even though they were covered in the blood of another person, I felt, oh, this is that one moment where these two models who never feel beautiful... Felt beautiful. Even though they are gorgeous... Yeah. Never feel beautiful ever, and they feel... Beautiful. Number one at this one moment. So I felt, okay, I I get that.
0: I felt the one line I thought was a little displaced in the movie was... Uh, they kept saying uh, over and over was the beauty is dangerous. She would say it like beauty is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking in that that um, was like is beauty dangerous or are the people around her dangerous? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, what is dangerous? I mean, uh, is beauty is not dangerous. Or just
1: is the the pursuit of beauty is dangerous.
0: The pursuit of beauty can be dangerous but she kept saying beauty is dangerous, beauty is dangerous and I'm like no, the people around you are dangerous. The people that can't stand that you're beautiful are dangerous and it's the same thing I think now presently I think it's very like present. Um, if a woman is beautiful or too smart or whatever like they're kind of um, people don't like that person. Yeah. Um, and they are maybe aren't liked by their peers or aren't liked by their workplace, as you see in, like, Bombshell, like, you know, movies like that. But if you're beautiful and smart and all of this, um, beauty is dangerous. But it's not really. It's the predators around her that can't stand that she's beautiful that are dangerous. So that was the only, like, part that I kept saying. Like, that line or that concept doesn't flow with the rest of the movie, I felt, but... Yeah.
1: But a lot of the other lines are right on point, right? Beauty isn't everything it's the only thing?
0: Yes. Oh, right? well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, For them in that industry, that's what I beauty mean. is this, the yeah, only that's thing. What yeah. It's so, the, going back to the Greek myth thing, I know, oh yeah. like, right after the movie you mentioned, like, you're going to know this because you're in Greek myth. I was just thinking myths. of
1: narcissists.
0: I wasn't thinking of Narcissist. I was not. And, you know, until... I started thinking about the transformation scene and the kissing, and, and, then and the, that came later. And
1: the pool at the end of the movie.
0: I was thinking of two things. I was thinking of Helen of Troy. Okay. So, Helen of Troy, it's a war. Like, her beauty is a possession. So, they're fighting. She's the most beautiful woman yeah. in the world. And to own this woman is the biggest prize. So, wars death, all of this happened, just in order to possess her yeah. as the most beautiful woman in the world. I was thinking of that. And then I was thinking of, like, a lot of the hypnotic part of the movie was, like, in Greek mythology, like, the sirens are, Yeah, yeah like, I can see that. You know, like, the... You can't resist the beauty, which is really how the person acted who when they were walking in their underwear
1: Yeah.
0: Acted and also the makeup artist woman acted like it her beauty was like yeah, for irresistible the other people. like the siren. Yeah I
1: think there's areas in that and But I- then
0: the narcissist narcissist and echo thing was definitely a theme, but I think it was really a combination of a lot of that that yeah. like No I, yeah that my thought like
1: between things. the Ruby and Jesse the sort of infatuation, the Echo and Narcissus story. Yeah. And then even the fact that Echo's from a mountain, right? Which is, that's triangle you see throughout the movie. Yeah. Um, you know. But no, I think it's, so the last question, I, th- I think it's both agreed that we both like this movie. Mm-hmm. I've already said it's one of my favorite movies I've seen in a while.
0: I liked it a lot.
1: But I'm also, no, I'm also leaning, I lean heavier towards anything that is, trying to break the norm of, mm-hmm. and try to tell a story in an interesting way. But
0: anything memorable or makes you feel something during the movie is worth watching. I've always
1: said i have worked something that a lit-
0: We've seen a lot of movies where we're just like, okay, We watched, at the end. We've watched a
1: couple of movies <laughs> lately Lately, and we're like, we're not going to talk about that because that was not worth so talking we have, about. We
0: have, we have. There's nothing to talk about. We just like left the movie and was like, okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Never. This movie, I'm, like I said, I struggled with at the end of it. Like, did I like that?
0: And then I'm like, oh yeah,
1: I liked it a lot. But so the question is, though, the bigger question is, how do you recommend this movie, if at all, to folks? Like, yeah, normally I, we're like, hey, do we? I recommend. Yeah, we recommend this movie. Do you recommend this movie with hesitation or stipulations? I don't stipulations? think this
0: movie is for everyone. No, it's not. I... I think it's a great movie. And if you can... And you can look at it with an open mind and see the symbolism and artistic nature behind it, I think it's a great movie to watch. I agree. if you're... You know, this movie would be canceled if you're in that movement, (laughs) right? No,
1: no, no, no. If... (laughs) I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think the movie should be canceled at all.
0: No, I'm saying the people that are canceling everything these days, it could be criticized for... If, no,
1: if you don't give yourself... Okay, I highly recommend the movie unless... I
0: highly recommend I
1: highly recommend the movie unless you're willing... If you're willing to be challenged as a viewer um, and you're willing to sit and reflect on the film.
0: Right, yeah. Because you're going to walk away feeling uncomfortable. But if Not you're even willing walk away. To you're sit, gonna sit
1: through it uncomfortable.
0: Yeah, but if you're willing to walk away from it and think about what the movie did and and what it was trying to do, then yeah, I highly recommend it. But if you're gonna walk away feeling like I hate this movie, it's uncomfortable. Um, why am I watching this? Then just turn it off. You know. I'm gonna
1: tell you this. I feel like I found like a little gift in July.
0: From the
1: movie? Yeah, not knowing again, I've been a fan of Nicholas Reffin's work. To learn that he had a film that I wasn't aware of, and then it's free on Amazon Prime in 4K was a
0: gift. Was a gift. A and on
1: top of that, which maybe I know we're gonna explore it, following this movie, he put out a 10-episode TV series on Amazon called Too Young to die old. So we'll explore
0: that. And we're
1: going to watch that, no question. (laughs) We're we're, fans. This is a long episode.
0: It is. But I think it was
1: worth it for the Neon Demon. Absolutely. Um, My My IPA is gone. Yours is gone. Cheers. Cheers. And we will talk to you. (laughs) It's good to be back at the brewery. We're back.
0: We're back, baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And we will talk to you soon. Okay. Bye.
0: Bye.